You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Giants fans and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio, part of the SB Nation family of podcasts. I'm your host Ed Valentine of Big Blue View. Today's show we're going to talk about some of the news regarding the Giants recently, the signing of Mike Rimmers, the signing of running back Rod Smith. We're also going to have special guest John Casillo. John writes for SB Nation's Troy Noons is an absolute magician. That site covers the Syracuse football team. And we will talk to, to John about Eric Dungy, about Chris Slayton, a little bit about Riley Dixon. You know, some of the Giants who, some of the, the former Syracuse players who are with the Giants now get his impressions of uh, of some of those guys. Uh, but first, you know, let's let's talk about some of the the news relating to the Giants recently. The big news this week was the the signing officially, finally, long anticipated signing of offensive tackle Mike Remmers, veteran who completes, at least on paper, completes Dave Gettleman's revamping, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, of the Giants' offensive line. Remmers should emerge as the Giants' right tackle. They're not giving him the job right away. They'll call it a competition with Chad Wheeler. But I'd be surprised if Remmers wasn't the right tackle ultimately. So, you know, this... Puts the Giants in a situation where Gettleman has now completely rebuilt that offensive line from left to right. This is something that we've known that that the Giants have needed to do, have wanted to do. Gettleman promised to fix this offensive line, you know, the, as soon as he became general manager, and he'll continue to do uh, to to work on this line. I'm sure that in next year's draft, he'll be he'll perhaps be looking for a young offensive tackle. He might be looking for a center. You never know. But you know, for now, this is a veteran offensive line. The Giants have added Kevin Zeitler. They've added Mike Remmers. This line should be improved from a year ago. Should be a professional quality offensive line hopefully will give Eli Manning and Daniel Jones if he plays you know opportunities to make plays down the field hopefully will allow Saquon Barkley to be more consistent as a running back what we saw last year from the Giants in the running game 
with a lot of explosive plays from Saquon, a, a lot of highlight reel stuff, great stuff, but a lot of individual effort. What we didn't see was a lot of consistency in terms of you know, play-to-play, getting necessary yardage, and a lot of that has to do with blocking breakdowns, with the Giants' inability to open holes, inability to consistently, you know, get, uh, make the, uh, or give Saquon the proper opportunities, and we'll see if this offensive line can uh, can help the Giants do that. Another interesting signing was the uh, the addition to the roster of former Dallas Cowboys running back Rod Smith. You know, not a not going to be a big role there for Smith, but they'll the Giants will put him in competition with Wayne Gallman, with Paul Perkins perhaps as the the nominal backup to Barkley. And you know, the Giants can't rely on Barkley to do everything. I I always kind of thought that uh that Gallman had a good skill set in terms of being able to run, being able to uh, to catch passes out of the backfield, but for whatever reason, Gallman has not seemed to uh, to curry favor with the new Giants coaching staff. So we will see, you know, how that backup running back competition plays out. I'm sort of interested myself to see if the Giants actually give Paul Perkins a real chance to earn that job after Perkins spent last season on IR. So we'll see how all of that plays out. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. OTAs begin on Monday. Media will have access to those roughly once a week throughout the spring and early summer. You know, then will come uh, the mandatory mini camp then a long break before training camp. So the off season is rolling along stage by stage and you know we will see how this Giants team develops. What I want to do right now Giants fans is bring on John Casillo of Troy Noons is an absolute magician to talk about some of the Syracuse players on the Giants roster. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. 
All right, Giants fans, I'm joined now by John Casillo of Troy Noons is an absolute magician, SB Nation's Syracuse University website. John joins us to to discuss some of the Syracuse players or former Syracuse players uh, currently with the Giants. John, thank you very much for uh, spending some time with me today. Of course, I'd have it help. Hey, you know, so let's... Uh, so let's let's do this. I think there are three guys currently from Syracuse that are on the Giants' 90-man roster as we speak. And let let's start with the one that the Giants drafted in the seventh round. Let's start with uh, with the defensive lineman Chris Slayton. You know, he was the Giants' final pick in the seventh round, 245th overall. Uh, what First of all, were you surprised, you know, that that he got drafted? Were you surprised that he went that late? Uh, you know, as what were your thoughts on uh, on Slayton, you know, being drafted or not being drafted? I thought going into the draft, uh, Slayton seemed like the guy most likely to get picked. Interior linemen, you know, aren't always the easiest guys to find. He was someone who was reasonably productive. Um, throughout his time in college, he was he started games over the course of his entire four-year career. So I think as, as far as, like, that's concerned, he, he seemed like a guy who'd go anywhere from the fifth to the seventh round. Um, I was just glad to see his name called by the Giants in the seventh, and obviously glad to see him play for the team I root for in the NFL. Well, you know, that's that's good to know. So, you know, we're, <laughs> we're, so we're, we're talking to the right guy here. You've got the Giants exactly. interests at heart, so that's a good thing. Um. Uh, I'm just curious, as an aside, Syracuse, the Syracuse area these days, uh, more more Giants fans up that way or more Bills fans up that way? I feel like, I mean, admittedly, like since I live in Los Angeles now, uh, I, I, I will admit that, like, it was probably a split Bills-Giants more than anything when I was there, but that was also around the Super Bowl years. So I feel like now maybe things have trended a little more toward the Bills. Well, you know, we don't we don't have to like that. The Giants need to do something <laughs> about that. Maybe win a few, maybe win a few games and get the Giants there fans up in up in Western New York to come out of the woodwork a little bit. <laughs> but so let's so let's get back to uh, to talking about about Slayton a little bit. What what are the Giants getting? I mean, the Giants use a kind of a hybrid defense where they they line up on early downs a lot in 3-4, and then they, they transition, you know, to 4-3 in their sub packages. What are they getting, you know, and, and positionally, is he a defensive tackle? Is he a defensive end? Uh, you know, so, so what, what, can, what can we expect from, from Chris Slayton? I, I honestly think he's a defensive tackle who can display some defensive end speed and maybe some footwork too. I, I think that he's the type of guy who – like you're going to see him do really well in, in a four, three alignment where like he can bull rush. I know in college, he was in a four, three. Um, he got double teamed quite a bit. Um, and, and that really freed up a lot of other guys on the offense, on the defensive line. Excuse me. Um, I feel like here at the NFL level, at least early on, he won't necessarily be getting those sort of double teams. It could free him up to be more of a playmaker. He was our best run stuffer for most of the last three seasons, to be honest. Um, and I think last year, one of the better run stuffers in the ACC. Probably. I looked at, you know, I think he had seven and a half 
sacks in his career at Syracuse. And the sack number isn't necessarily indicative of whether a guy can rush the passer or not, but it sounds like more of a more of an early down, you know, maybe run, you know, run defender at the NFL level at least early on. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and admittedly too, like you look at the production, um, the scheme that we had for his <laughs> sophomore and junior year, uh, you know, very much like not a blitz heavy scheme. Uh, so not the type of thing where you'd really see him trying to crash on passing down things like that. So uh, I, I would like that. I definitely think he's more run focused, but I would say too, like for fans, they're looking at, at the numbers maybe in particular with sacks and seeing like lower figures. I, I point to that as, as reason number one. Um, just the, the scheme didn't really call for it much. And, you know, obviously you don't want to be just blitzing for the sake of blitzing. No, you don't, because if you're, if you're blitzing all the time, you know, I always say it's nice to, it's nice to blitz and it's nice to call for the blitz and, and all of that, but it's better if you can create your pass rush with four guys because you always create weaknesses in the back end. You always create, something that can be taken advantage of when when you're blitz heavy. Oh, completely agree. And, and SU definitely fell victim to some of that when we were too blitz heavy. I think this past year, um, not that I'm going to go off on a Syracuse tangent here, but I know this past year we blitzed a lot more, but mostly from the outside um, while leaving, um, you know, the two interior defenders and maybe the linebackers um, in there to cover the run. I think that worked, you know, much, much better for us versus the scheme we trotted out there the last couple of seasons. All right, John, so let's turn to a guy who is really one of the more interesting players on the Giants' 90-man roster, you know, guy that, that the Giants didn't draft but that they brought in, you know, as a priority undrafted free agent, and that's you know, former Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy. And it's really interesting because I, I read a piece, you know, that, that you did basically sort of calling for or predicting that someone in the NFL might look at Dungy in the the Taysom Hill type role. You know, Hill is the quarterback slash tight end slash, you know, special teams guy, sort of, you know, jack of all trades with the New Orleans Saints. And it appears that that is the role that the Giants have brought Dungy in and, and they're going to take a look at him as a hybrid quarterback, tight end, H-back, you know, as an athlete. Um, and I assume that, that you find that as as a good role, a good opportunity for Dungy. I think it's really the best way to use him, admittedly. Like, I, I love Dungy as a college player, but I think, and, and, you know, NFL fans probably understand this for sure, like there's, there's some players who are just better college quarterbacks. Um, and I think with Dungy, he, he's, a, he's a great athlete. Uh, he was a great runner, um, but he was somebody who, you know, was sometimes iffy on deep balls. Um, he definitely, you know, got to stand some of the benefit from having like an up-tempo spread offense um, over his final few seasons. So, you know, some of his numbers are, are helped by that. But he, he definitely, he has those intangibles, though, in the fact that he's you know, tough as nails. He's a gamer. Uh, all, all those cliches you want to throw out there, like, I mean, We'll look up any highlight reel, and, and you'll see him, you know, kicking a Miami defender in the chest, uh, hurtling over defenders. Like, the guy, the guy knows what he's doing is, an, is a nose to the end zone. He, he understands 
you know, how to play football, whether or not he can play the quarterback position consistently in the NFL, um, I think is, is, is up for debate. But I think having somebody who, who's, a, who's a tirelessly hard worker um, and, and somebody who is, you know, really going to bust his ass for a team is, is always someone you probably want in the locker room somewhere. And if you can fit him in as a quarterback tight end hybrid, then that's fine. What is it in his athletic background or in his athletic profile, per se, that that makes you really think that that this sort of Taysom Hill-type role is one where he can excel? You know, I, I think he has some great, uh, you know, he has an ability to, to break tackles really well. Um, he has some great open field speed. He can really turn the corner. Uh, at times, I think, again, the fact that he, when he was probably at his best was when he was rolling out of the pocket, and I think that that's something that, you know, you don't want your quarterback having to do all the time, but in, in a special spot where, you know, he really captivates an entire defense if you're inside the 20, where if he rolls out, like, he can quickly dart upfield and, and into the end zone, or he can, uh, you know, buy enough time to get a man open downfield. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I think when I think of the tight end, the first thing I think of is is you know, the blocking responsibility. But obviously, I don't think that is where a guy like Dungey would would succeed. I'm wondering, you know, what if anything in his background athletically would would lead us to think that that he can run routes and catch passes and do things of that nature. Uh, you know, as a as a tight end in the passing game. I'm actually curious about that myself, to be honest. <laughs> I think that uh, we ran a couple of pass plays for Dungy here and there um, in college. Uh, none of them were complete. Um, you know, some Giants fans might be familiar with um, some of his injury history in the past. Um, he had one definite concussion um, in college on, on a dirty hit his freshman year. Um, since then, it's kind of murky whether or not any more occurred. Um, I, I admittedly, I, I think he can figure it out, but I wouldn't say that he's going to be uh, the most reliable pass ca- catching option, at least early on. I just find it interesting because the Giants are so often looked at as sort of, you know, traditional and set in their ways. And, and you know, we have seen this before with Taysom Hill, but it is you know, for me anyway, it is sort of forward thinking for the Giants, you know, sort of unconventional, you know, for them to, to look at a player for a role like this. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been following the Giants for decades, and, and I, I would say something similar. It definitely doesn't seem like that this is a typical Giants move, but, you know, if they figure out a way to use him creatively, uh, you know, taking, again, some of those potential health risks in mind, I think that I think that in special packages he can work. I think that though that tight end quote unquote role might look more like an H back for the Giants in the sense that you know he's going to be more of a rushing end or passing option than he would necessarily a receiving option um, close to the end zone. That would be my guess as well, John. Before we before we uh, we bring this to an end, there is one more former Syracuse guy with the Giants, guy who I know was a fan favorite when he was up in Syracuse. And that is, you know, Giants punter, you know, Riley Dixon. And just just for the uh for those folks who don't really know, what what is it 
about Dixon? You know, how is it that he really became, you know, sort of a, a fan favorite, favorite son, whatever you want to call that, you know, up in the Syracuse area? I mean, uh, to start his career, he was a local kid who walked on, um, made a huge impact as a punter, earned himself a scholarship, and then really, like, became this kind of uh, cult, uh, like, favorite uh, figure up in central New York just by way of, you know, what he was able to do on fakes. Um, And I think that was one of the main reasons the Broncos drafted him a a couple years back, I think, was because he's a a quality punter. He's not going to be the most amazing punter, but he's going to be – you know, somebody who could potentially finish in the top half of the league in terms of average and, and also has the, you know, the intangibles of running fakes. Uh, he was a quarterback in high school. He completed, you know, he completed a couple of really nice passes. He completed a touchdown pass to win us a game once. Um, he has some rushing ability, and he's bigger, um, you know, than maybe your stereotypical punter um, would be. So he has the ability to make, to, to make some plays down the field. So I think for us, like, that was just this kind of crazy – um, you know, when, especially then when we had, for the most part, an offense that was stalling out a lot, um, having your punter potentially be one of the better athletes on the field was just kind of a running joke. And the fact that he was able to, to do something with the ball, he almost got penalized against uh, LSU once. It was, it was a, lot of, uh, a lot of fun moments from Dixon, a lot of, you know, impactful ones that, that really made big differences in games and, and picked up a lot of key fourth down conversions for us. I, I have an idea. How about Dixon to Dungy uh, on a fake for a first down? I mean, if, if you guys you guys can pull that off, uh, Syracuse Internet will love you forever. <laughs> hey, you know we got we got to wake up the Giants fans in the Syracuse area anyway. So so I, I think I'll, I'll I'll suggest that one to Pat Shermer. It's the perfect way to do it. They've been wondering what to do since uh, since Tom Coughlin left. Yeah, Giants don't uh they don't do the fake punt thing uh very often, but uh you know, I think the few times I do remember having seen it uh in, in recent years it it wasn't even a planned sort of thing. It just sort of it just sort of happened. Well, you you do have the right punter for it in any case right now. All right, John. Hey, thank you very much for for spending a little bit of time, you know, giving us a little bit of of info on the Syracuse guys. Just uh, tell folks before I let you go, tell folks where they can find your work and uh, a little bit about uh, about the Troy Noons website. Sure, you can find us at newsmagician.com. We're on the SB Nation Network. Uh, we like to keep things a little lighthearted. We'll do some analysis on top of that, though. If you can find us there, you can find us at Noon's Magician um, on Twitter. You can find myself at John Castillo on Twitter as well. All right, John, thank you very much. Appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks, Ed. Okay. Our thanks to John Casillo for spending some time with us and for dropping some knowledge on us about Chris Slayton, about Eric Dungy, about Riley Dixon. Giants fans, please remember to subscribe to Big Blue View Radio on all of your favorite podcast applications. Check us out on Instagram at big underscore blue underscore view. Check us out on Facebook. Be sure to follow at Big Blue View on Twitter. Please join the community at BigBlueView.com if you haven't done so already so that you can participate in the conversation, in the discussion with other Giants fans. All right, we thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye-bye. 
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com slash Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com slash flagship. This is a paid advertisement.